Some say, some say, some say, Lot of mercy, mercy, yeah, yeah, yo. Microphone, mercy, mercy, microphone, check, 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 check. All I see you do my eyes on you. All I see you do my eyes on you. All I see you do my eyes on 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 you. You may run it with the. Welcome back to the Pop of Demand podcast. This is episode 80. And you know what we do? We give you our takes on basketball, music, and everything in between. Uh, announcements, we don't really have any this week other than we plan on starting a brand new series of uh, episodes where we're going to take, a, you know, on our brand new website, thepopulardemandpod.com. Make sure you check that out to see all of our videos, see all of our episodes, and to check out the articles tab featuring articles from none other than our boy, Delon as well as other writers that we've employed, well, other writers that we've recruited who to share their content on basketball and music stuff. Yeah, watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch that word. So make sure you guys go see that content and support those dope writers because they deserve your patronage. So with that being said, we also plan on starting a new series where we're going to take those articles and we're going to probably give like 15 to 30 minute episodes talking about uh, the particular subject at hand. So stay tuned for that. I think we'll have something like that coming like another week or two. But other than that, that's it. So let's get right into the show. We are at the end of the decade. And I think it's good to reflect on some of the things we thought would go right and what we thought would go wrong. So I like to take this time to do an apology segment. We did something like this last year where we apologized to all the people we were wrong about at the beginning of the year. So let's do something different. I want us to say our apologies to the people, but artists, uh, musicians, athletes, teams, anything in particular. Things that you were absolutely wrong about at the beginning of this decade. And now you feel like we owe them an apology going into 2020. And I think, I, I think I'll have to start off by saying I have to apologize to Young Thug. No! You, t- yeah. you, t- you, t- yeah. you took mine. Man. <laughs> Yeah, it's Young Thug. Oh, Coming into this decade, Young Thug was a very fun radio-ish rapper. You know, with his records with Rich Homie Quan. Oh, you know, okay, okay, you know. This is the newest fad rapper. Because, you know, every two to three years, it's a fad rapper that comes along. Everybody loves him. And then two or three years later, it's a new fad rapper. I saw Young Thug and Rich Homie Quan is that. And I said, my friends who, at that time, I think I was listening to, like, that's when I was, like, heavy, heavy on J. Cole and Kendrick. And it was, and like my friend saying, nigga, nobody listen to Kendrick Lamar, and nobody listen to J. Cole. I said, three to four <laughs> years from now, people are gonna still be talking about Kendrick and J. Cole. <laughs> They're gonna still be selling north of a hundred thousand uh, um, albums first week, and three, four years from now, people aren't gonna be talking about Young Thug. Watch. Dang. And I was right. I like the yeah. J. Cole and Kendrick part. Their longevity was real. Those two ha- have started from the beginning of this decade to the end. What I was wrong about was Young Thug. Young Thug has had an unprecedented run. Hasn't been commercially successful, but he has been in everybody's mouth from the beginning of this decade to the end of this decade. He has been the father to many different other rappers. And his, and his style has influenced this decade's era rap. You people, When people talk about rap this decade, they always mention mumble rap. And you can't talk about mumble rap without talking about Young Thug, who people claim they couldn't understand for about the first four years of his career. So yes, I apologize to Young Thug. Because he has been a pioneer, and mm. he has shown the Can I add on to this? Go ahead, Cord. 
I remember those days when I was the only person in the group that listened to Young Thug. Big facts. And I tried to show y'all the light for years upon years. And everyone laughed at my face and said, Rich homie Kwan gonna be bigger. Rich homie Kwan gonna be better. Da 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 da. And I said, I'm telling y'all, man, Young Thug the one. Ain't nobody ever listened to me. One summer later. Everything changed, and the rest is history. I ain't gonna lie though. I was trying to. I ain't gonna lie. I was on that nut shit. I was saying Rich McQuan was gonna be better than Young Thug too. But that's be, but that's because at that yeah. time I literally. Yo, make Yo, make It was because at that time I literally, like I literally did not understand Young Thug at times. I'm like, like, there's no way an artist who people feel like they can't understand could ever have more, you know, staying power than an artist that people can't understand. So that was my that was my own line of thinking, but I don't know if it was just the, the overexposure to his music that I cut. I started to finally, you know, hear him. Do you see? Or he yeah. actually started to clear up his um his cadence. So it was one to two. I think it might I think it actually might be a little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit of both. What about you, Delon? Who do you have to apologize to? Well, I actually have I actually have a laundry list. Damn. Um, so, um, as you have said, young folk. I think I owe an apology to, better, greater than that, the entirety of the Atlanta Facts. music scene. Uh, because I just yeah. didn't understand it. Young Thug, Future, when Tony Montana came out, I was like, is this really what? Yeah. Is this what y'all really? And I just did not understand it. Um, Migos. Oh my God, I hate the Migos. Woo-hoo-hoo, I could <laughs> And I think it's because I naturally, you know, in college, you hear white people say, like, you start singing rap songs in unison. I'm like, you don't appreciate. And I think Atlanta definitely had that going. Because, like, I remember football yep. games, they would play a yep. Migos song. They'd be playing About the Money. They'd be yep. playing all that kind of stuff. So Nash was like, ah, white <laughs> people. And I just hate it because it's white people Damn. rap music. But then eventually, it's interesting, as their commercial success kind of started going down with certain kind of things, and the songs, and they stopped being as white people friendly. Like Young Thug, white people weren't really on so much fun as were a bunch of other previous Young That's Thug facts. albums. The more I started appreciating those artists, um, but Barter Six is definitely I'm, one of my. Of the I wish we. I wish said. we could have a conversation because I'm not exactly sure. I don't. I know what you mean. You said white people music, but at the same time. Yeah. I, it, I I don't think it's white people music, but I think I think white people music and. Rap yes. songs that white like, people take. The kind of music that things. they typically, like whenever fans of rap, rap music they typically consume be the kind of music that Migos was making for years. It's like that that kind of track. Yeah. Yeah. In yes. that Atlanta sound, white people really like that yes. Atlanta sound for a while. And they kind of bastardize yes. it a lot. And because those beats are really easy to make. So then white people started coming in on. Yeah. But you know, it's a whole different story. Um, but I actually have like three more. So John, if you want to get one or two off, so I don't steal all yours. All right. Go ahead. Uh, I'm definitely gonna piggyback on y'all. I gotta apologize to Sir Jeffrey. Um, I know. Not, okay. There you go. You know what I'm saying, Sir Jeffrey. I wow. apologize, Slam, big Slam. Um, when the Barter Six first came out, man, I I was you know you know we all little Wayne fans. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. We, you know, we we saw that, so we were just like, "Bro, hold on, this this dude whose only song really, you know, big song that other than his rich homie Quan stuff was, um, was I'm a stoner. Like that's that's the song that put him on put him on the national map. So I'm thinking like, this I'm a stoner head ass nigga is not about to disrespect 
Wheezy F baby. The F is for follow la 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 baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is what we not gonna do. So it took me a good I can't remember off the top of my head what year Barter Six came out, but I know for a fact I didn't listen to it like two two years 14. after. Man, 14, I listened 15. to it. What what uh, something like that. And I listened to it maybe like a year and a half after, and I was like, Damn. I really missed out on this classic for this, this one. And I, and Thug, man. he's like you, you know, like like you like piggyback on what you said, Jordan. It's like once once you really once Thug really showed that not only could he just like make good music, you know, when we couldn't understand him, but then you know when he start actually enunciating, and we was like, oh, he can like really rap too, you know. And then he's evolved as an artist, and he's not he's definitely not the same uh, young Thug that he was when he first came out. To a point, you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, to a point. To a point. So, because I'm saying what. I was I'll say this real quick. It's kind of crazy yeah. to think back that he made I'm a stoner because right now I couldn't imagine Young Thug making that song. Exactly, exactly, and that and that just and that just shows you his his growth as as an artist and as a rapper. And also piggybacking on uh, the Atlanta like scene, um, not so much Migos. I think I was pretty much into Migos like when I first heard him when I was in college. But Future, like my sister loves Future, so that's all was and that was all that was being played when she dropped me off to basketball and football and all this stuff and i'm like bro this this like he, he not that good and now man it's the same with it's the same with thug bro this man has evolved and now you know he the he the head coach the gm the owner or the mis- misogynist squad you know what i'm saying like you know you feel me and not only that it's like man that boy makes some that boy makes some misogyny anthems bro that them boys hit you know what it's, i'm saying it- it's it's really it's really yeah. the pain that future could be in this it, music. It, like, and I know and like it's it's like the thing is like you know like you think about like the type of fu- like the type of guy future is and like his his demographic it's like you like you understand it to a point but then you think like you look at his music and you see the type of people who listen to it you like like it's it's kind of it it kind of shows like the growth that like that like uh the culture of people and like just kind of like the growth uh of people who who you know back 15 20 years ago would would never ever especially not on the song really put the type of pain they're going through like everyday type stuff and now that's like that's a whole genre of you know we got you know guys like tributaries and you know nba young boys got like like it's a whole genre of people literally just like you know that type of music you know yeah wailing to the mic trying to voice their pain i'm gonna say what i can tell you the exact turning point for me for both those artists because i felt the same way about future the turning point for young thug was literally halftime on a barter six. That's when I became oh, yeah. a Young Thug fan. I remember Cord, it was either Cord and somebody else. I think it was Jesse actually played it. And them niggas yeah, were like saying the bars. Niggas said, I eat fish and water, I'm a bear. I was like, whoa, what? shit. You know, that kinda, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I, I see yeah. where you're going there. I see where you're going there. And he uh, was just chaining them over and over and over again. Yeah, and then it's like the flow too. Nope. That, like that's why I realized that oh, Young Thug actually has a very nice flow to him. Like he ain't just a melodic rapper. Like he can he has a nice cadence and flow. I love it. For future, it was Percocets and Strip Joint. I think yes. that's, that's the correct name. Because ah. I was like, damn. I'm like, cause first I thought like all future deals make noise. I ain't gonna lie to you. Cause like you that's know fair. going back to, going back to like Tony Montana, I thought like he just really just just said whatever. Then I realized that oh, he can be a tad bit introspective. Yeah, DS2 really that whole like blood on the money, like blood on the money, and I still count it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, saying lines like that, like 
you know, yeah. even even if you can't relate, because I know damn, I know for a fact I can't relate to what future yeah, go through. But 99 Nah, exactly. So it's like, but that is still hit. You still feel it. You know what I'm saying? You feel the pain. You feel yeah. you feel the struggle. You feel the tragedy and all that. But and I feel, uh, I feel but, like that's a I feel like that's a hallmark of a great artist. Where you, oh yeah, you, for you sure. You haven't you haven't lived their lives, but you can feel it. But you can feel it. I always said it like when people talk about like Kendrick Lamar and, and uh, J Cole and like Drake. You know, talking about Drake and J Cole make more relatable music. Kendrick Lamar doesn't talk about the things that those two talk about. And I said, yeah, you know, you're right. But I've actually felt Kendrick music more so than I ever did feel Drake's because I don't know just the way he tells it to the point that you, I, I almost see myself in those situations, even though I hadn't been in those situations. It's kind of it's crazy. I think I think Kendrick did it best on. Um, Two albums actually, uh, especially when uh, first um, Good Kid, Mad City, like you, you felt like you were, you know, a teenager growing up, you know, yeah. in, in, Compton. in Compton, and and also I think um, especially for when uh, uh, what's that album? Uh, the uh, To Pimp a Butterfly when that album came out with all the strife and all you know the you know political stuff and police violence, like you, Unrest. yeah, exactly, unruliness and all that stuff. I, I feel like especially with the time it came out, you could really feel like especially you know i mean we, we you know as as black men in america you know we can we can uh relate to some of that stuff to a point but you know for for people who um necessarily can't can't uh relate to that i feel like he did a very good job of like you know putting you know tr like putting our shoes on other people's feet you know what i'm saying so but um going going back to our apologies uh my original one i'm, I'm gonna make it quick um i apologize to sway lee um when Sway wow. Lee, when Ray Sherman first came out, man, I didn't think those dudes were gonna last longer than a year or two. You know, I thought they, I thought they were young women. To be honest with you, like the first time I heard them, I thought they were two teenage girls. I, hey, I ain't gonna hold you up. I ain't gonna hold you up. I, I, especially Sway. You know, you know, they, they definitely, definitely uh, hadn't finished pu puberty yet. But what was it? What was the breakout song? What was it called? Yeah, Netflix. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. hey, and like, and you, you look, you look at No Flex Zone. And I ain't got no type. And then you obviously more so. That's why I said Sway Lee as opposed to Ray Shrumman. No disrespect, Slim Jimmy. But uh, but you, you look at the run that this man has gone on in the last two years or so. Like I remember the first, I remember the first time I saw him. Uh, it was on uh, Travis Scott's album when he had that song with him and Chief Keef and it said Sway Lee as opposed to Ray Sherman. I was like, this dude sound familiar, but like, I don't know who Sway Lee is. And that just kind of, that was just kind of the start of it. And, you know, he's been on multiple, you know, tra Travis, I, I don't want to say Travis put him on, but Travis definitely helped him evolve into the, you know, he's, he's one of those, like, he's one of those like hook guys now, yeah. you know, and he's doing a lot of like uh single stuff like that too. And he's got a lot of success right now. Um, so I apologize, Sway Lee. Big ups to him, and uh, I actually enjoy a lot of his music and a lot of the hooks that he's been on and his this run that he's been on the last like two years. I think the only uh, before we go on to the next one because I want to do at least one basketball one. I feel like the only art. I feel like the only basketball player that really deserves my apologies might be LeBron James. That's fair. Because, I was going to bring LeBron too. Yeah, because LeBron, yeah, not Andrew to, Wiggins. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Maple Jordan. Because LeBron James in the beginning of the decade, that was before he won his first ring. And for a lot of, like, most of my friends around me were LeBron James fans, which, like, most people in Mississippi are Lakers fans. So either you're a Laker fan or you're a LeBron James fan if you live in Mississippi. That's that's usually how it goes. And me being hey, a Clipper fan, it makes sense that people, it makes sense why Laker fans like to poke fun at Clippers. Now, it makes zero sense why my friends, 
who were LeBron fans, felt the need to make fun of Chris Paul and or the Clippers. Like, I never understood. Like, there was never no high-stakes games between the two. Like, LeBron no. never had to play them in the finals. Like, it never made sense why they had so – like, they liked to make fun of the Clippers. But because of that, I used to root against LeBron because I wanted to be able to talk shit to them. And so, naturally, I adopted that side where I was like, I root against LeBron, wanting him to lose just for him to spend a lot of his decade winning a lot. Like, it, it went from the point – Winning what? Si- I mean, aside – okay, let me like this. Going back to, like, 2010, he uh, – like, 2011, when he first got to Miami and they went all the way to the finals. They lost to the Mavericks just to go back, beat the Thunder, go back, beat the Spurs, and then – do you see what I'm saying? And, and like, that, that's when I – I mean – I mean, lost. Didn't, didn't they go back and win again? No, 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 they didn't. They only won two there, didn't they? They lost, they, lost, went to Cleveland, lost, then won, then lost, lost, lost. Yeah. But I was betting against him a lot in those Eastern in those Eastern conferences. And, like, you know. And you were right teams. for most of them. Yeah. I mean, I was right for thinking those teams would be good. But the thing at the end of the day is LeBron James was just he, even when his team should not have won some of those series, oh, LeBron yeah, James. You know won those series and it came from a point where i was thinking even like some of those even those two western series he did win you know against the western conference teams the spurs and the definitely spurs i really felt like the spurs were the better team in that series and it didn't matter because they didn't have lebron james on their team and after a certain point of like betting against him i started to admire what he actually has accomplished because lebron james is a winner not winning the finals does not make you not a winner. You have to win three series to get to the finals. So LeBron James is a and he did that eight times in a row. So he won about twenty four series in that time span. That's a lot of playoff wins. Uh, yeah, and with multiple sweeps in, in the Eastern Conference Final, Western Com- in the uh, semi semi Easterns, and because of that, I have to apologize, LeBron James, because I was hating to the max. But and that's pretty it, was, much- it was it was warranted. Oh man, I, I got. I got, I got, okay. a, I got a couple more. Okay. Make it quick though. I'm gonna run through them. So first, <clears throat> um, Corey, I know you can disagree with us very much. So, um, Big Sean at the beginning of the decade, he came out with ass. I hated ass. Song ass. We're gonna stop. Oh, Anywho, so the song, oh, hated okay. the song, hated that album. Uh, I went back, listened to Finally Famous. I was cool and Finally Famous. Um, and then he put out Dark Side Paradise. Uh, I really love. He put out I Decided uh, I Like. He put out 2088. Uh, I like. Don't really love him, but I like uh, them. Also, I like a lot of Big Sean guest features, and he does well on other people's tracks. Probably better than his own albums. Ouch. So, Big Sean, I'm sorry. We got Wayne. Wayne came into the decade, just got out of prison, mad cold streak. Drake and Nicki took over. He put out I mean, I'm not a human being too. He put out all the comeback ones. So we got to the point where Carter 5 didn't want it. I didn't think he'd be able to deliver. He delivered exactly what he needed to deliver to not be an abomination. So Thanks. Wayne, I apologize. I didn't believe in you to do that. Um, Meek Mill. Man. I love Dream Chasers 2. I love Dream Chasers 3. Didn't really like that album too much. One really big Meek Mill album guy fan. 
Uh, and man, in my Drake stammering after the Drake beef, I didn't listen to a Meek Mill song. And I'm not even, I'm not even a Drake stand. I won't listen to Meek Mill. Wow. Because he, he, these are the facts. That, he looked like a clown. A, like don't as long as much as it was enough as it was he, for him to expose Drake, and it was funny. At the same time, he made himself look like an ass hat, so I couldn't listen to him. Yeah, he did. Don't yeah. taste. Don't taste. Shit, like, I, man. Uh, Listen, me, my homie Brandon, my girl Shelby, we got a group chat for Drake stuff. The Meek, a Meek Mill song, come on, someone was turn that shit off. Like, we wasn't letting that fly. We was not letting the Meek fly. But then he came back, he got himself right, he got off the perks, and he started making good music again. So, Meek Mill, I apologize. I appreciate those last two albums you put out. Um, I would also appreciate another Dream Chasers type album. So, this one. Not really an apology to this man, but it's an apologize, apology on behalf of the world to this man. Bow Wow had the hottest OOs out of most rappers, and then he came into this decade, <laughs> and we disrespected that man. I was not expecting Y'all this. can't tell me, y'all can't tell me that Wanted and Price of Fame aren't too important. I don't know these songs to learn. You know we, <laughs> you, those are <laughs> albums. I don't those know these albums. albums to learn. You know these okay, Wanted released in 2005 had wait one second. <laughs> had Let Me Hold You Fresh as I'm is like oh, okay. And that and we we disrespect by our price of fame that album had one second one second out of my system, oh, shorty shit. like mine. Bob. Damn. Big Bobs. It had, we can't we can't okay. disrespect Bow Wow. And then he came into the new decade. Bow wow. We just threw him to the, pe- to the side be- like he wasn't nothing. We clowned this man. We disrespected his <laughs> legacy. All that he done for us. All that he's done for these younger rappers of this uh-huh. generation. Allowed open the door for Soldier Boy to be a, a youth and successful. We can't disrespect Bow Wow like hey, this. How much Bow Wow page for culture. <laughs> And we and we shunned him and turned him away from hip hop. This man has released an album since 2009, which was a trash album, yes, but still Bow Wow deserves our respect. He's put out freeze, he's, he's put out mixtapes since then, they're pretty okay. And Bow Wow deserves our respect. So, Bow Wow, I apologize on behalf of these heathens, these ingrates, these heathenists, these people who do not deserve this. There's always a one thing where the hatred, social media hatred, stems from for somebody. I don't know what Bow Wow's was. I think it might. I might it's be part easy capping. He just capped too much. Oh, you know was, what? He it was, was before that though. That nigga was capping. He was hated, but he was hated before he was capping. For no he reason. He was hated before he was capping for no reason. I mean, he was I, like five six. I think it might yeah, be Soldier Boy beef. Yeah. I think it was the fact that he was beef with Soldier Boy. Not the fact that he like lost a beef with Soldier Boy. Oh no, nah, man! Fact was home to a pack. I remember that. <laughs> Hey, bro, he said Lil B Dove stand for Lil Bitch Women, man. That's a win. That's a win. Damn. You can't Damn. come back from that. Also, also, uh, Lil B didn't publicly uh, claim his affinity for Billie Eilish last week, and he probably could have yeah. made an apology once. Billie, Lil B really turned me around. But, man, just hey, just hold on to it. Hey, what we got? Like, two more weeks. Right. But, yeah, that's it. So, it's Let's move on to the next topic. We've been here for a while. Let's move to the first basketball topic of the evening. We're talking about Kevin Love and the Cavaliers. So the Cavaliers are off to an abysmal start. They of have course. one of the worst records in the league. Now we're the Knicks, I don't think. 
but one of the worst records in the league. We at first they were being fun and competitive just a little bit, but now I think is they're no longer fun and competitive. They're just bad. They have some strife with their coach, where players have come out and said that, they, that the coach talks to them as if they're college players, and he says that the coach and they said that the coach uses outdated language for des- like describing offensive sets, and it kind of confused. I was about to players. say, hold on, what? I was about to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. I'm like, yeah, was... <laughs> I'm like wait, wait, what? Boos is on? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold on, Jordan. I was like, I'm gonna need you to uh, specify my, ge- no, my guy. No, no, no. No, 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 no. He's been using offensive. Uh, so That's off, funny as hell. Um, weird offensive sets, the language. And so it's it's confused the players. And so I, I think it was like a couple nights ago, maybe it was the last night, maybe two nights ago. I don't know. I'm studying the finals and all the time is blurring together. Uh, Tristan Thompson was about to fight him on the sidelines. He was yelling at him. I'm not sure why. Jesus Christ. But so with that being said, uh, I believe the Cavaliers have made everyone except Darius Garland available. And trade talks. <laughs> that's hilarious. Everyone. Which Jared's gone has been that great. So that's that's so that's not why he's it's not mainly because he new. He just drafts. Yeah. yeah, he's new. They're like, I mean, we can't we can't ship him off right. yet. Yeah, well, you gotta wait a little bit. Give him half the season. He's like the mystery box, you know. A boat's a boat, but mystery box, mystery box be anything, it could even be a vote. But anyway, so with that being said, Kevin Love has been has been thrown around in trade rumors. He makes around 28 mil a year. And I want to talk to you guys about destinations that y'all think that he could go to. Here's I'm gonna give y'all a list of destinations. I want y'all to tell me which one y'all think is the best home for Kevin Love. Quick question: What year does his contract, contract doesn't expire until? Give me a second. I had it pulled up. Kevin Love is 31 years old currently, making 28 million a year. Next year, when he's 32, he's due 31 mil. He's due 31 mil. When he turns 33 and 21 to 22 season, and in the 22 to 23 season, he's due 28 mil. So it goes, so it goes right back Ooh. down. So at 34 years old, Kevin Love will be due 28 mil. And this is a guy who gets hurt a lot. Keep that in mind. So you'd be playing a guy who gets hurt a lot throughout his 20s, making 28 mil in uh 2023. So let me give y'all this list of teams. I want y'all to tell me what team y'all think should pull the trigger and trade for him. The Phoenix Suns, shot the cam. No. The Portland Trailblazers, the Sacramento Kings, the Miami Heat, or the Indiana Pacers. What do you guys think? Miami. Why? <laughs> Man, I think him and Jim, I think him and Jimmy will be a nice little duo. He don't play down little Bam out of Bay will go crazy. They get all the boards. And you get the then you get to put him around the team with a nice superstar and a bunch of young players, so he won't have to overexert himself in the season. And what better coach to play for than Eric Spoelstra? All valid reasons, and I, and I know a lot of people question right now the Heat's if whether or not they're a contender, a true contender, since so they have like one legit All Star. Bomb is All Star. Yeah, Bomb has been playing at an All Star level, but he's still young. And yeah. You want to maximize Jim. You want to maximize Jimmy Butler's window, so. It only makes sense that you would want to bring in another all-star. They've been trying, they've been tied to Chris Paul, but Chris Paul's price is too high. Chris Paul makes about uh, 38 mil a year. Yeah. And, and I don't so think that's he's the right piece. I don't think he's the right piece no. either. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's trying to get hurt. So a healthy Kevin Love would be interesting. You could send James, uh, you could send Justin Winslow and James, was it James Johnson? Yeah, James Johnson. Yeah. 
and that's 28 mil right there. That adds up. Like, just straight up, you get those oh. two, maybe a, another pick, boom, you, 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 your money. You might only have to give a pick up because Kevin Love gets, gets hurt so much. Exactly. So you give them a, young, a nice young player, you give them an expiring contract, and James Johnson. I think that I think that's a nice trade, and, you, and that way you give a floor spacer and next to Bam another offensive weapon that Eric Spolster can use, and then you give him Jimmy Butler. What about you, uh, John? Do you like that, or do you do you favor one of the other teams I named? Um, well, before the Melo signing, before that, Portland did all those moves, like sending, um, like acquiring Hassan Whiteside. I like before the beginning of the season, I would have said Portland. But um, they don't really have anything to give up anymore to suffice, like, getting him. So I would say Indiana. Oh, they do. Oh, do they? I, well, I guess. I mean, Jake. They, 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 no, they, they could give up a side white side. Yeah, that's fair. But <sighs> he's he's a he's a gigantic expiring contract. Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to say if they do it, it would mostly be for the contract. And they could throw in Nazir Little to make it a little bit more sweet, or our Fernie Simmons, but probably want to give him up because that that um that defeats the purpose of sending out too many good players. But yeah, you send out Hassan Whiteside as a gigantic expire, and then you send uh, Nazir Little to sweeten the deal a little bit, maybe throw in some a pick. I think that could get it done. But Hassan Whiteside, I think he spoke on it, and he pretty much said that uh, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because the team is bad defensively, was, so why would you trade me? I was, was going to say, and that's another thing, is that, like, they um, they already bad enough defensively, so it's like, that definitely won't help. So that's that's why yeah. I would say Indiana, because there's been rumblings for, like, the last, like, two years about Indiana, like, um, they, they uh, I feel like they've been trying to make a decision between Miles Turner and Sabonis, um, even even though I think that even though I think that they work fine together, but there's there's been talk about that for the last like year or two. Um, so I think if they decide um, to to ship one of them, they're both young, so it would make sense for Cleveland to want one of those guys. Um, and and especially like Miles, talking about defense, Miles Turner is a it's a good is a really good shot blocker. He's a he's a solid interior scorer, and um, he's been he's been working on his three, so his three is you know okay. Um, but also you send Kevin Love to Indiana. They got one of the better defensive minded coaches in the league and Nate McMillan. And you got guys like Malcolm Brogdon and Victor Oladipo, um, guys like that to, um, to kind of like, you know, hide how bad he is at defense. So, um, that's why I think Indiana is a good one mainly because you got, you got more floor spacing because, um, Sabonis is a, is a, I would say he's an above average shooter for a, for a big man. Miles Turner is like below. So if you if you really want to add that floor spacing for um a guard like Oladipo who is a solid three-point shooter but that's not his game, um that that will help him cuz you know he could he can get to his spots in the paint and dish out to um a Kevin Love, you know, in the corner on the wing and you know Kevin Love can knock down some easy shots. Um that definitely opens the floor floor out for for every, you know, for him and Malcolm Brogdon. Um and all those other like guards and wings like TJ Warren and stuff like that. Uh, and then, like you said, the, the he will he will be hitting on on defense because uh, Nate McMillan has a really really good uh good scheme that all his guys buy into. So the guy that it would probably have to go out would probably have to be Miles Turner because currently Sabonis makes three mil, but he did sign an extension for set eighteen mil, but that doesn't start until next season. So I'm not sure if you can trade him 
for 18 mil this right. season i think his contract still counts as three mil yeah for this it, it does so you could so you can include miles turner tj warren who makes 10 mil and then miles turner who makes 18 mil for 20 to get it up to 28 mil and you can send those two guys out for uh for Kevin Love, and then you slide Sabonis over to make him be the de facto yeah. center, which I think, which I'm pretty sure he's more than capable of. He's a pretty good rim mm-hmm. protector and uh, everything. And I think you have something there. I, I like that a lot. And then when you have uh, Oladipo back, you have a starting lineup of of Malcolm Brogdon, Oladipo, possibly Jeremy Lamb, maybe uh, Kevin Love, and Sabonis. That's 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 pretty good. That's a well balanced team of shooting defense. And uh, I think I, th- I think I think that's the top four seed in, in the in the East. Yeah, and like, I mean they already are close to that or as it is. So you add an All Star level talent exactly along with bringing back Oladipo, definitely a top four seed. Okay, so what about you, Delon? What's the one team that you think that sh- out of those names I listed that should definitely put throw the hat in to uh, the Kevin Love Sweet Stakes? Um. Well, before y'all made very good points, my vote was the Trailblazers. Um. But the defensive thing does make the most sense. My team that I would now in a probably this isn't the team you listed, if that's okay. Um no, it's fine. Dallas. I'd probably send the Dallas slide Chris Ops to the five. Um just because Dwight Powell, he ain't it. His stats ain't it. He is yeah. He is an abomination, but Kristaps Porzingis isn't exactly playing that well either and being the big man that they need him to be. So having Kristaps, Kevin Love as another option for Luka, because really it's just the Luka. It's the Luka show out there. I don't know who I would trade because all everyone on Dallas sucks. But, yeah, it's just kind of that. Probably Tim Hardaway Jr. in there to make it worth it. And I don't know who else gets paid on Dallas. I was going to say say Tim Hardaway with with somebody else would definitely make the money work. Yeah. So the thing so the thing is though, I think Powell serves a right role because part of what makes their offense so good they don't ask him to do too much. Is, no, they don't ask him to do it. It's, it's the pick and roll, which I think he can do on pick and roll with almost anybody. But do, Powell does his job as a pick and roll guy in that offense. So I think that's good. The thing is, I don't know if Porzingis wants to pick and roll. I think he wants to pick yeah, and pop. He definitely does. And that's what Kevin and that's what Kevin Love would do too. So you'd have two guys that's pick and popping. Out there, and I don't know how it works. It works, and the Dallas Mavericks are already really bad uh, defensively. They're so good; they're literally riding up their offense, which I think is like number one. In yeah. The so moving Kevin Love there, I that probably it might even make their offensive ceiling even higher, but it probably lowers the defensive ceiling. So they probably don't change that much, especially since and then you have like two injury prone big men. I don't know how much you want to ride on that. Yeah. But if they were to do the trade, they could do it by sending Tim Hardaway Jr. And then Courtney Lee as an expiring. And that oh, would I forgot, get, that would I forgot Courtney Lee was there, too. Yeah, I, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, Cor- Courtney Lee used to be nice in uh, in New York, but I guess, you know, those are empty dumbers. So I guess it don't matter. I'm ask you, let me ask you this, line because I didn't list this team either. Would you entertain the Kevin Love trade for Jared Cole? No, no, no. Jeff Teague and, Cor- and Gorgie Dane uh, to bring your boy home? Ugh. Not Jared Cole. Uh, I would. I was thinking about that. I would have said Minnesota if his contract wasn't so damn long. If it linked up with some other players more, because I'm all about getting a good offseason, then I would say yes. But I wouldn't trade Jer- Jared Culver. He is going to be very nice. He does a lot defensively, um, and mm-hmm. he does enough offensively right now. Enough. 
Yeah. Enough with the time that he's been given, and I think he's going to be a gym one day. But definitely Teague, definitely Teague, and dang. Hey Teague, his uh, his yeah. value is high too right now. Yeah, but but yeah, as a but as a tanking team, you want something young, uh, a young guy or a really nice pick. So if you send Kevin Love there, you're not going to really get a real nice pick. You would think that Kevin Love would make them. Uh, will improve them so they would probably get a higher pick, which means pick you up to pick the Timberwolves send you probably won't be all that yeah. great. So you want something you want something nice in return. Gorgeous Danks is just an expiring contract. Chuck Teague is an old veteran yeah. who has been good, but you want something, you know, nice. And so if you can't get Culver, then that's no deal. Then. Yeah. But I understand you're um, wanting to Yeah, because like if 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 Kevin Love's contract wasn't so long, then it I I definitely if it was one or two years, I'd definitely say yeah, but not for Culver, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Moving on to the next topic, I'm gonna to talk to you guys. I think it's another decade topic. Is that is that really what I put in here? Yeah. What you look? Okay. I want to ask you guys. We're about to enter 2020 after a very very eccentric year in music. I want to ask you guys, what do y'all look forward to the most in 2020 musically? And I can go ahead and list off a couple of my things to get it started. My I oh, look forward. My bad. Okay. My go bad. Ahead. I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'm I'm sure I'm sure this is on your list since you have a couple things, but uh, my number one thing it's been is what twenty it'd be twenty twenty so it'd be about three two two three years. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that to that boy Kung Fu Kenny. Yes, number one on my list. For the simple fact that we haven't heard from him in a long time as a solo artist, and the fact is he's done something completely different for all three mm-hmm. albums. I'm very curious to see what exactly the direction Kendrick Lamar goes in the in the 2020s. He started out this decade with something that was like almost a uh, was perceived to be an instant classic, followed up with an album that was deemed another instant classic, and then followed down, which was one of the most commercially successful albums this decade and in his catalog. So. It's going to be super interesting to see exactly what he does come off of that commercial set. Does he go back and do something very uh, unorthodox, or does he lean more into it and does something even more melodic? Uh, I'm also looking forward to Little Uzi. Oh, yeah, for sure. Little Uzi has been, has been in prison, musical <laughs> prison. Shot the DJ drama. Uh, by his own choice. By his own choice. And so... Looking and he just released that uh, single. Did, you listen, did y'all listen to the yeah, single? I did not. Fussel Shuffle. Did y'all I, like I it? Loved it? I like it. Oh yeah, the just the new age of rappers. This new this past age had a horde of rappers that were dramatically different than the two thousands with the mumble rap gen that uh, we gave birth to. I'm kinda excited to see who was gonna be the leaders of the new school, who's gonna be D Kendrick Lamar, Drake and Kent you know the Kendrick Lamar, Drake and J. Cole, like the new pillars. Come next year, come next decade, who people call the de facto best rappers in the game. And then I like, and you know, just more interested to see what route uh, rap goes out of this melodic driven era. I dig that. I, I think the thing that I'm most excited for heading into the new decade, I think we are on a cycle where a certain city carries a baton for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we started off the decade. Uh, start off the decade with Chicago, then we transition to Atlanta. We just had a long time. I'm in pretty much the entire time. Yeah, I'd say yeah. definitely 13 on. Um, I want to see a new city. I want to see a new region. I don't want it to go back to New York or LA. I just want short time. I feel you. Cool. I feel you like beat me to it. To, uh, chill out. I feel like 
there's going to be Land a new city chances. pop up in this new decade, and I'm interested to see where it is, and they're in, in their style. Detroit, what about you? Man, I'm ready for three things, three things only. I need that new Young Thug album. I need Frank Ocean to collab with Catronado. And I need Kendrick to oh, keep yeah. playing and come on. That's what I need. The three things I need. Dang, Frank Ocean was not on Catronado album. That would have been really nice. Have you listened to Catronado album? Oh, it dropped? Yes, it dropped. This All right, okay. Is. All right, download it now. I'm about to go on and get this. dropped, and then the Free Nationals, which is... Uh, Anderson Pack's band dropped, and yeah. they had people like uh, Anderson Pack naturally, and um, Daniel Caesar. And there was some more people on there. There's a lot of, a lot of good features on there. Definitely go check that Frank out. Frank well. said he touching industrial, electro, whatever you want to call it. I need Catronada and Sophie on that album. On the two yeah, people like, I right need producer. Yeah, that's right up Catronada's alley. Like, as soon as he said he's gonna do like the in-house Detroit music, I said, "Oh, it's perfect." I need it. So wait, is that was that everybody? Do we all say our thing? Yeah. Also, a new Justin Bieber album. All right, now I'm ready to move on. <laughs> I need the new Biebs. Biebs in the trap. Bugatti Biebs, all 2020. All right. So, so next, going kind of going back because it's trade season. Let's talk a little bit more about trades. This time, I want to talk to you about the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have snuck them way, their way into the playoff picture, and I kind of feel bad having a conversation about who should they trade despite the fact that they're getting into the playoff, they're inching around the playoff picture. But the reality is that the Thunder, I don't really think they care about making nah. the playoffs. They care, what they care more about is amassing more assets and creating a, a young, great team for the future. With that being said, naturally, some of the older people on the team have been put in a trade talk. Chris Paul, was, you know, since he got there, it was always a matter of when he was going to get traded. Uh, Danilo Gallinari is an expiring contract, making about $22 million a year. He's been very, he had the best season of his career last season on the Clippers, and he's having another great year this year. And then it's Steven Adams, who's like the last remnant of those old Oklahoma City teams who've been made available. And he makes around, I think, around 20. To, actually, Steven Adams makes $25 million a year. Mm hmm. They, hey, they were very desperate that year. I think he got paid the year that KD left. Yeah. He did. And so all these guys made available. So my question is, y'all, is this. Who do you foresee being moved first? Chris Paul's $38 million contract. Steven Adams' $25 million contract. Danilo Gallinari's $22 million contract. Gallo. Yeah. Gallo going first. Steven Adams going second. Chris Paul might not be going nowhere. I was was, going to say, I think think Chris Paul, they they might let that ride. Oh shit! They don't want to let it ride. I guarantee you that much. Oh yeah, but I think that uh, Daniel Gallinari is easy out. I think that's pretty obvious with him being the expiring contract he is, and the fact that he's he's worth the twenty two mil. Oh yeah, he's a six ten shooter. If he if he's yeah. healthy, he's he's a he's a walking twenty points. And he was he's efficient. very Durant like. He's very delight in the fact that he's very efficient. Uh, he draws a super high, a crazy high rate in free throw percentage. Like I think the Clippers were, like top one in free throw rate last season, and it was mostly because of him and Luke Williams. Like they get to the foul line a lot, which is very valuable. Uh, I feel like that's a great guy. I feel like it's somebody that the Portland Trailblazers should trade for, for the simple fact that uh, they must, I mean, they're not they don't have a lot of depth on the um, perimeter. And even though he isn't known to be a defensive juggernaut. Daniel Gallinari can play style. defense. Yeah, he can play some defense. I love him in Milwaukee. 
Yeah, you know, Milwaukee would be a great place for him Ooh, as well. Ooh, Milwaukee. I like that a lot, Court. I'm not sure who will they give up, but that's a great pick. Uh, I think that's – I think that's – he's – I think Daniel Gallinari works a lot of places. He's a very versatile player. He doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hand, and he's a good shooter. Uh, Steven Adams, making 25 mil a year, hasn't really improved. I think he's having a, a worse year than he did last year. He kind of making people think that he was a, more of a product in West, of Westbrook. And so I don't know who would want him for twenty five million. How much is Andre Drummond made? Boston, man. Boston. My heart says twenty four, but I'm about I'm checking a second. No, it's yeah, more than that. Like twenty two. I, I, I just looked 26? last night actually. I'm yeah, like yeah, twenty two point twenty six, right? Oh, that Too was much. That was twenty seven. All of, he's making twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven. Yep, and he was around twenty seven, twenty eight. Bad king. Hell no. Nah. Get this man out of here. Eight next year, they don't play option. People tried to link him to the Celtics, but the Celtics seem to be doing just fine without a center. And I wouldn't, and for a center of 25 mil, I, I wait, wait, I, wait, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. Did you see what happened when they played the 76ers? I actually did. Time out. So you think Andre Drummond will make that better? No, 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 yeah, I was wondering if Steven Adams make the exact same amount. Cause I was thinking myself, oh. why trade for Steven Adams? Why not target yeah. uh, Andre I Drummond? To, I was about to say you. you was about to say you. You know, uh, Joel and B got real estate in that man head. Right? Nah, 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 nah. That doesn't work. That doesn't work at all. But no, Cole, I actually did miss that game, and by this, he Joel and B went crazy. And I guess down the road, if you want to compete with the Sixers, you're gonna need somebody to at least be able to hold their own and against Embiid. If you want to compete against the Sixers, the Pacers. The Bucks, all them big teams, you gonna need somebody to be it. I like Daniel Thies and the rest of them guys, but when it gets time for the playoffs, the fouls ain't getting called like they usually do, and you really getting beat up by big physical players. You gonna need somebody like Steven Adams on your team. Oh yeah, that man don't fold unless he get kicked in the dick. He don't. But see, then it comes a question yeah. of to make the twenty five mil match. Who do you give up in the trade? Like, do you give up uh, Marcus Ooh. Smart? Gordon Hayward, who's been all star level good, you're not going to give up Jalen Brown and um, Taylor. You better get rid of Gordon. He's been almost like their, their lead facilitator on the team. I was going to say, he's, he's been there to kind of de facto point guard playmaker. Yeah. Yeah. With, with hey, Kemba playing off Somebody got to go. Yeah, I agree with you, Cole. I mean, they kind of have like a, um, they're kind of like a treasure trove of riches right now. Like, yeah. Gordon Hayward could yeah, be seen as. Aren't they every year though? I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> on paper, on paper, on paper. But Gordon Hayward is more so. An, a, I think he's more of a luxury. I guess you could move him for a um, Steve Adams, but it just seemed like a terrible. It seemed like a terrible talent it, downgrade just for a position that you, of need. It wouldn't. It wouldn't, like, it wouldn't make. It wouldn't make sense for the. Um, Celtics. I feel like what makes. No, not in the Celtics. I, I think. I think it makes more sense for the Celtics than it does for the. Uh, well, I guess. The I guess. Thunder. Yeah, I guess unless you trade him for like the expiring contract. True. Oh, yeah, because I think the th- Thunder probably wants some young guys. Yeah, yeah young or, guys. Or some picks. Or some cap relief. Or some picks. And Celtics, Celtics do have some good picks, but at the same yeah, time, you know, up. you know how I ain't shit about that. He is not man, giving them boys up. Nah, nah, nah. It's got to be the time, man. He didn't get, I, don't, I don't give him credit. He get away with it for like was the past four years. He didn't got away with not getting rid of nothing. He got to get rid of some eventually. Well, but I'd, I'd, I'd hate for the one time you do to get rid of some would be just to get Steven Adams. 
<laughs> Actually, I would love it. Chris Paul is the most is the biggest obstacle to be moved, making thirty eight million. million. Yeah, you have to you have to give up some considerable amount of bo- uh, bodies in order to make that work. And I don't think any very good team will be willing to give up that amount of contracts yeah. just to make it work. I think the Heat have enough bloated contracts to make it work because I think Deion Waiters make like twelve mil. James Johnson make like twenty. Uh. Now James Johnson made like 18. I was I think he made like 16 18. Yeah, he made like 16 18. Justin Winslow make like 15. Uh yeah, I'm waiting to make like 12. That gets close. That gets very close, if not right there. Honestly. I think I think that actually gets you. I think they actually gets the deal done if you trade those three. I don't throwing a pick. I don't I don't think they're getting rid of Justice though. I think they really like Justice. You no, know, it's crazy. Justice has been hurt for like the past because he was on my fantasy team. That nigga's been hurt for like a good portion of their games, and they've been winning just fine without them. That's fair. What would you do if Chris Paul? Or that's the question. See, that's the thing about it. It depends on how they view it. Are they viewing? Are they really? Are they? Do they see themselves as real championship contenders? Because you see yourself as a championship contender. Yes, you would rather have Chris Paul on your team than Justice Winslow. Now, if you see yourself as a good team who could potentially break through, but you want to cultivate your talent so that those guys could be a championship contender team, then you don't make that move. But it's all it's all perspective on what Pat Riley sees Jimmy Butler's window as. Does he see it as real or does he see it as fake? And honestly, I don't think trading for Chris Paul, even as good as his Heat team has been, I don't think that makes him better than Milwaukee. Nope. So I wouldn't do it. Right, wait. You know who could take them to the next level? Steven Adams. No. No. I, I'm getting Steven Adams somewhere in the East. He going to the East. Yeah, I, I can say the East, but I don't think anybody in the West wastes their, wastes their money on him. And to be completely honest with you, he just makes too much. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think I know one team. Who? A young up-and-coming team. You know, the young European League, European Union coming together. I think they might drop a bag on them. Who, the Kings? Mark Cuban make it happen. Uh-oh. I believe in them. Hmm. I mean, he, he. I guess he would be better than... uh. Powell. Dwight Powell, but the thing is, he played the same role, so he'd be overpaid for that position. That's the only thing about it. Man, it'd be it'd be a slight it'd be a slight upgrade it, for a lot of, lot of money. Honestly, the more I talk about man, it, Dwight, y'all go disrespect Stephen Adams like that. The more I think about it, Stephen Adams might be the hardest one to trade because he does he his talent does not equate to twenty five million a year. No. I'm gonna say this: he do like a superhuman next to Russ, but I just don't know about right now. But who? But look at it this way: if you put him next to the I think if you put him next to Luca, he might look even better. Because right, he's, he's, I can't think of nobody else. He's current. Him. He's currently averaging eleven points, nine rebounds, three assists, and a block, oh, which is so, which is solid numbers. But that's not, not twenty five million. million. No, and like I say, Chris Paul and Gallinari, their talent, I say, equates almost to their talent. I say the talent equates almost to their price tags. Stephen Adams doesn't, and that's why I don't see anybody actually moving for him. He's stuck. Yeah, he's the he's the, the one. Steve he's the least likely to be moved out of the three, I think. All right, let's move on to. I think we're going to, it's going to be our last topic of the day. I want to talk to you guys about the Eminem <laughs> and Nick Cannon beef. And no, it is not two thousand and five. No. <laughs> so apparently, uh, Eminem hopped on a song with Fat Joe and Mary J. And Blige. Which was a, and Mary J. J. There was a very soulful sample. I can't remember the last time I heard 
Eminem, if ever, rap over a soul sample. Yeah, it actually sounded. It, it, sounded, it, it, it was almost, pretty good. I ain't gonna hold you up. The song was was yeah. Was it sounded. And it, during the song, he uh, Eminem took a shot at Nick Cannon for some odd reason, and this is what he said: "I know me and Mariah didn't end on a high note, but that other dude's whip." That pussy got him neutered. Tried to tell him that his chick's a nut job before he got his jewels clipped. Almost got my caboose kicked. Full quit. You gonna do sh- you're not gonna do shit. Let her chop my balls off too before I lost to you, Nick. Watching news clips. Yeah. Pause. So <laughs> I want on the record me saying everything outside of the Nick Cannon stuff was a pretty good verse. It was. I, but I that agree. Nick Cannon stuff. It's bad. Yeah. Like why? <laughs> yeah. I don't I, I don't understand the nah, man. Hey, this hey. I'ma say this. Eminem sabotages every one of his verses. Every one of his verses has something Somehow, like this in it. He always does. Somehow. It's just like his verse on uh I was just listening to uh Boogie's album on Rainy Days, and he was like uh I'm a I'm a I'm a I think he said I'm a Shepherd having sex with my herd? Fuck what you heard? Yeah, fuck with her. Oh yeah, I'm a shepherd having sex with my sheep. Fuck what you heard? I was like, nigga, what? Like, like the rest of the verse, I think was fine. It was just like that was so bad, it, I couldn't help but think about that, and that's the only thing I remember from it because of it. So yeah, the rest, the rest of the verse was fine. This is just bad, and I don't understand. And it was unwarranted and unneeded. Core on a scale of one to five, what do you give this disc? A uh, two. I'm I'm surprised you were that generous. And I'm gonna put it this way, bro. Like I Delon sent me the songs, man. I went and checked them out and I was like, are they still serious or are they just at the crib board at this point? Because this feels like a senior citizen summer slam match. I don't like I don't know what's <laughs> going on, fam. Like they were beefing when we was like 14 and they still beefing over somebody that ain't neither one of them married to. Like, who really cares at this point? Like, I don't think Mariah Carey at the crib thinking about either one of them. So what's going to be for It's like, Eminem, like, if you escaped her, why are you talking about it 10 years later? Like, I'm pretty sure you got other stuff to talk about, right? And I mean, that's right. No, he don't. Well, see, I don't even think that uh, he doesn't have more things to talk about. Let's start there. But yeah, I don't I even think that that's the thing. I think he's like going through his Rolodex of things. This decade isn't him going through the Rolodex of things be. that got everyone excited in the 2000s. We started off with Bad Meets Evil. We went to, um, yeah. we started off with a sequel to his last album. Then we hit Bad Meets Evil. And then we did Marshall Mathers LP2. Yeah. And then we're doing this. He tried to do the slaughterhouse thing, get himself crowbarred into there, do ciphers, go against the president. It's literally everything he did last decade, except it's not last decade. And I think this is the last thing of last decade because what was he put the long Mariah disc on his 2009 relapse album and Mariah Carey came out with Obsessed in 2009. So, yeah, that completes the cycle pretty well, actually. Uh, All I got to say (laughs) is... On the Tokyo Ghoul shit, Cole. I remember... Yeah, man, I told Tay this a year and a half ago. He thought I was crazy. I said, Eminem is South Park if South Park ran out of episodes. Damn. That's what this is at this point. That's a crazy when, good analogy. Think about it. Exactly. When you make the craziest jokes 10 years ago, of course people go love it. We never heard anything like it. But when everybody grows up and new stuff comes out and it's a bunch of new guys doing the same thing and we don't even care about them that much, 
it grows dry. Like it just gets to a point where we looking at it like, all right, man, what else you got? But you guys loved it when I did this. Remember when I, I said this and I was talking about Britney Spears and Bruno Mars? And like, like back all that was cool. Exactly. Like people don't care anymore. Just rap and go home. <laughs> like just give us just just give us some regular, normal, cool music and call it a day. But we he don't want the theater. Comes out with an anymore. album dissing everybody. But he kind of can't go because I, I, he kind of can't. It's a waste of time. He kind of can't just go to give us cool music because his whole like his his prime was him doing this. All right, so Nick Cannon released a diss in return to Eminem, and it was equally as bad. No, it was worse. It was far worse than Eminem's. You know, I know it's hard to believe. So I'm going to read some lines from Nick Cannon's verse, and I want y'all to tell me if it's hot or not. Y'all ready? Yeah. Cord here. Yeah. All right. I fuck with crack, but the white boy, he fuck with crack, crack. Pills are smack. <laughs> Said he about to relax. <laughs> Bars, nigga. Is it hot or not? Man. Not hot. Not hot. Not hot, Man's man. Not, man's not hot. I was, in, I, was, right. I, was entertained, I was entertained reading it back, though. It is facts. Oh, okay. Okay, let me try this one. My baby mama killed you off a decade ago and you're still crying about it, bitch. Now who really the hoe? Ooh. Can you, can you run hot. that back one time? Can you run that back? I don't my, I think it went over my head. My baby mama killed you off a decade ago. You're still crying about it, bitch. Now who really the hoe? He he said something. He said something there. He, he, did, he did. If he, he would have, if he would have left that last little line off, of it, it would have been hot. So this is this is not. So this is not cool. Not, still, still not. Still not. Okay. I'm called a mid. Okay. Yeah. Mid. No, that's not much better. Okay. Here's another. <laughs> my my baby mom. Oh no, same one. Hold on. I heard your chauffeur got a video of you sucking a cock. You paid him and laid him off. Now really, who the op? Is it hot or not? <laughs> he keep ruining with the last line. Like that, and that really was killing me. Like, like no. you exposed him. You did this, that, the third. And you was like, no, really the op. Like, no, like, no. Yeah, just leave it. Just leave, just leave it there. <laughs> exactly. It like, when you let say something breathe. big like that, you got to let it breathe. And he did not let it breathe. He just kept going. Like, like, it was casual. So who's, so who is Nick Cannon insinuating as the op in this, con- in this, um, in this situation, is he saying the chauffeur is? He saying Eminem is? He saying he is for snitching on him? Like, yeah, that would make no sense. Start to think about it. Yeah, like who's he insinuating? Like, who, yeah. now who really? Okay. Uh, you know they came like forty fans, so you know he just threw it in. I'm like, oh, you know he was in studio battle. I'm like, hey, yo, what's an op? It's an enemy. All right, then he op then. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, That's oh, in, I wonder if Tupac was alive today. What he rhyme op with? Enemies, Hennessy, Ops, and Cops. Hennessy, yeah, Enemies, yeah, gotta be Ops, Ops, Cops. Gotta be. All right. Here's a, here's the last one. Oh yeah. Also, I forgot to mention y'all that um, Suge Knight was on this uh this track at the beginning. Free to go. So so here's the next line. Suge called me the new Pac. I ain't no killer, but don't push me. How the Yo. fuck y'all got me battling Elvis Pussley? Yeah. Yo. <laughs> He said that, bro. I was, I was rolling. Yo, so terrible. I respect it. 
Nigga said, should call him the new Pac. I ain't no killer, but don't, don't push, push me. me. No, nah, I'm saying this is a knot. This whole this whole this was a knot. Yeah. It was fun to laugh at, but it's this is horrible. That man called Eminem Elvis Pushley. You hate to see it. With gumption. He said it with gumption. gumption. Yeah. That might have been Elvis the last Pushley. line of the verse. That I might have been was. the last line of the verse. That's how you know. I hope it is. <laughs> Unfortunately. Hmm. I can, I'm not giving anybody a shout out in this situation. Shout out to Shirley Knight. Yeah, keep that nigga locked up. There ain't no shout out to Nah, man. I, I said this when we was, on, uh, we was talking earlier, Corey. That nigga, Shirley Knight, he was capping. He said, Nick Cannon, there ain't nowhere in the streets of them can go mess with you, man. You got the streets on lock, man. Everything. Hey, man. You y'all want cap for bail money? You, you, <laughs> you push the button. <laughs> Man, if you don't get the hell out of here, Suge Knight. Man, they look at me. That's why I call me with bail money. I'll call him the goat. <laughs> you know what you're about. Court. <laughs> you saw it? Nah, nah Delon. <laughs> man, Bow was the eye, bro. I got five million. Get you out right now, man. It's the greatest rapper to ever touch a microphone. King <laughs> of the West. King of Ohio. King of all coasts. King of Akron. King of Akron. <laughs> Who was LeBron? <laughs> Who was Trivia Red? Who was Machine Gun Kelly? Who was Kid Cudi? Who was Kid Cudi? Who was Marilyn Manson? She's from Ohio. She's from yeah. Ohio. That's a, that's Unfortunately. a random, random ass state. That's facts. They give oh, us boy. the weirdest people, though. Hey, dude. None of them people have anything in common. At all. Just a state. All right. You know how people say that? Oh, this Ohio ass nigga. Like, what is an Ohio ass nigga like? Like, hey, if you from Michigan, you know. Okay, bro. Like, like, like what do they do? Like, his hobbies? Like, <laughs> they some they man. They I don't even know. If you from Michigan, you know. You know. Hey, if you from the north, bro, and somebody call you Ohio ass nigga, bro, my own That's crazy. Those fighting words. That's crazy. So, all right. So that's all I got. You guys have any closing thoughts? Um, I had a slight omission. I know I've given like eighty apologies. I want to apologize, to Chris Bosch. I uh, I want I wonder what he could have done if not for the blood clots. Other than that, I'm done. You unapologize? I want to apologize. Oh okay. Oh okay. Uh, Eminem, Nick Cannon, man, like y'all, fifty, y'all got kids, y'all got jobs and stuff to do. Stop rapping, stop <laughs> beefing with each other. Go sit down, have a meeting, hug it out, box it out. We tired of y'all. Go home. Eminem Produce ha- a new artist. Give us new hip hop memories. Can y'all please stop. Eminem has I'm a job. Y'all. I hope so. I hope it ain't rapping. Well, he got he got kids. At least he got a kid. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He like, like, man. He gotta have something to do. Like, I'm pretty sure he like in a roller skin or a bowling alley or something. In the <laughs> he doing something. He got oh. on the factory, right? He can come here, Jacquez. Jacquez, do something else, fam. Yeah. yeah shout out, shout out to Jacquez. And before we go, we all want to say uh, rest in peace, Juice World. Uh, he was a talented artist who was gone way too soon. So, big ups to him and his family. Appreciate you, man. Rest in peace. Rest in power. 
Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Pop the Man Podcast. See you next week for another episode of your favorite podcast. <laughs>